the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to Ion Real Estate. I'm here with Stephen Abert, our financial, I mean, our legal eagle, and Tom Drew, who's here uh, while Ace is away, uh, and he has any, he can answer any of, your, any of your financial questions. I have some callers, but before I say that, I don't want to alarm anybody, but I just saw like a, a blast came across my iPod, and it said that. Um, that we we just had forty five thousand new cases, which is the biggest daily jump, and and Florida had nine thousand. So again, I don't want to be a preacher because I I've kind of feel the way everyone feels. We're just restless. It's really tough on everybody. But wear your masks and try to stay away and social distance as best you can because it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Before I introduce Alfred who is a VP, one of the smartest guys in real estate I know, and a friend, Alfred Renner, um, who is at 575, and he's going to talk about how the city was when we reopened. Real estate finally was allowed to come back on Monday. But before that, do that, I have two questions. So let me take Joe from New York City. Hi, Joe. Hi, Donnie. Um, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I love your show. I love Thank listening you. to it. Um, Dottie, I'm in contract. Uh, I have a loft in New York City, and I'm buying a home out on Long Island on the North Fork. And the people are from Florida, and we delayed the closing because of the quarantine in New York. You know, the the situation right. in New York, they didn't want to come up. And now they don't want to come up to New York because they don't want to get quarantined. And I need they haven't done their walkthrough, and we're we're negotiating escrow to close, but they're, they want to delay in the closing and it really will affect my purchase in the other home. What's the, what can I do? That's a great question, unfortunately, but that's for, that's a great question. So they are in Florida and, and they don't want to come here right now. Steven, legally. There's a lot going on there. Thanks, Kevin. Sorry that you're going through that. The, um, the first is you got to see, do you have any contingencies, right? The first thing you want to do, and when you speak to your lawyer, is, okay, let me make sure I don't get harmed by this because I have my, I'm, I'm paying a mortgage and I'm paying monthly f- fees on the place that I'm selling, but my rate might expire on my purchase, and who knows what that seller might try to demand. So the first thing is take stock of where you are, and the next thing is um, I, I think you have to be firm with that buyer. 
if, if they're worried about, and rightfully so, that they're going to be stuck with that quarantine, there's ways to find solutions. For example, they can use a power of attorney so somebody can sign for them. You can have it where even documents could be sent to them in advance, and they could sign in Florida. And even though it's a New York property, while they're in Florida, a Florida notary can take their signature, sign it, and send the documents back up. So there is a solution, and what's really important is make sure that your position's protected because you have two transactions that are all tied up together, and to make sure that the deadlines are looked at and you're, you're protected because you have costs that you're accruing on your sale and you want to make sure that nothing happens to your mortgage or your deposit on your purchase. But, Stephen, I think the point was they want to do a walkthrough, which obviously you're, you're supposed to do before you actually take possession and actually sign the final documents. And if they don't want to come here, which is understandable, they, they you know, that, you know, so, so he's po- they're postponing everything. Is that a is that a legal reason you can can couldn't you? Because I remember when I bought my house once, there was COs that I didn't have on some you know Eve or something, and I wanted to close. So what we did is we put we allowed a certain amount of time. We put like you know like a, a thing we closed, but we had like some thing that if they're we put a certain amount of money in es- in escrow just in case there was something wrong um, that they could retrieve. I mean, can we be creative like that? Because it, it's a it's really Joe. Am I correct? It's about the final inspection that they want to see the property before they buy it. Correct. Make sure everything's in working order. So what's you know what you know, how how do you combat that? Is that a legal way they can get out of the not? Or postpone it. The final walkthrough is a right that the buyer has, but right. it is not a, a, a requirement. And here's what I mean by that: the obligation is for the seller to give the buyer the opportunity to come to a final inspection. And so, as long as Joe goes to the buyer, say, "Look, I'm you. You can access the property. Not a problem. I'm not blocking you. I'm giving you access." the buyer's actually on defense. So the buyer needs to figure it out. And maybe a solution is they can have their real estate agent or if they don't feel comfortable doing that, which I can understand why, they can pay a little bit and have a licensed home inspector do a walkthrough for them. But ultimately, they're not going to win on that point. The buyer's going to lose because the seller is giving them full right and access to inspect and they've done everything they're supposed to do. It's that magic formula. They're a ready, willing, and able seller. They've completed all their obligations under the contract. And at a certain point, the buyer needs to figure it out. And if not, then it becomes the buyer's problem. And this is where it's sort of the right balance of carrot and stick because you want to be sympathetic to the buyer. We get what's going on. But at the same time, we've got to protect the seller if that's the role of the attorney on that transaction. And so they need to say, look, you know, here there's some solutions here, and you got to figure that out, buyer. It's it's your problem to take care of. Joe, let me ask you: Do you do you remember if you have um, a time of the essence clause in your contract? I'm not an attorney, but being in real estate so long, I I kind of know these things. But if you if you have 
if you unless you have a time of the essence, and for those who are listening, time of the essence basically means you have to close on that day. They would have a grace period of about thirty days, right, Stephen? If I'm correct, to close. So, if you're, what, when is your closing set for? On or about when? Do you remember? Well, we're supposed to close next week, but we already pushed it off thirty days because of oh, the situation in New York that they didn't want to come up here because of the New York, you know, COVID situation. Right. So. So, so Stephen, your advice is that we've already, we've already we've already done the thirty day you know, we pushed it off the thirty days that we were allowed in the contract for the delay. So now here we are again and now I don't know what to do. Sure, so I, Stephen, I think the the most important thing is that your attorney has to take a polite but yet aggressive tone and has to put everything in writing and start the clock on them. Because if they right. don't put it in writing and make demands that you have to show up, we're ready, we got to close by this date, and putting that out there to protect your position, then what's going to happen, it just keeps on rolling along and just keeps on going until they feel like it. So, um, you know, we want to, we understand that, you know, it's a tough situation for everybody, but we should put out to the buyer that there are multiple solutions to this problem, and we cannot afford to wait and the attorney needs to put that in writing and tell the other side that, look, we've been flexible. We've given you over a month, but the time has come. We'll give you, we even offer some solutions for you. You can figure out other ones. And, and at a certain point, it's no longer our problem. It's yours. If you don't close by this date certain, we're going to have to go after the deposit because we have our deposit on another deal and you're causing chaos uh, on something where there is a solution and we're not at fault as a seller. So they got to yeah, the issue. That's a good point. Because even if they came here now, they would still have to quarantine for 14 days. And they could say, well, listen, we couldn't close anyway because we have they're from Florida. So that's a state that the cases are rising. So they'd have to quarantine. I think Stephen's thing is let your attorney be the bad guy and let him say basically. Uh, and if, if you, Stephen, you gave a great idea. Let And we can give you names if you need them. Let them get an engineer, like a licensed engineer who does that. They do inspections on houses, and basically they're just looking to make sure everything that was in the contract is there and that everything's in working order, and they're not that expensive, and maybe they could have somebody do that, you know, a licensed person in New York go and do a walkthrough. Um, other than that, if you don't get a hard stand, I think, you know, you're going to, unfortunately, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, it's a great point, Dottie, because that you know, because Joe's seller on Joe's purchase could do the same thing to him at a certain point. You know, obviously it depends how the contract's written, and each case is unique. But yeah, I mean, so you you might be the irony is you could be in a very bad position and be punished because you're too nice to your buyer because you have that other transaction. So you got to tread very very carefully. Thank you. Um- yeah, Joe, do us a favor. I'd be very curious. This is like an interest, like I, I, I hope this all works out positively, but you're in the driver's seat, and I would love if you let us know how this works out. But have your attorney call them ASAP, and good luck. Right, thank you. All right, thank, thank you. you. Have a good you're weekend. You're welcome. Good luck, Joe. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, and it has to be quick because I think I have Alfred Renner on. Alfred, are you here? Yes, I am. Yes, I can't see you. I wish I could. 
Um, I just want to take a quick question, and then we we are waiting for you to tell us how the city is reopening, because we, as we said to all our listeners, the city reopens on Monday, and uh, we want to hear, and, 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 and Alfred's been in the business, not that he's old, and he's also a great author. We'll talk a little about his book. Um, I just want to take a quick question. I, I guess we have another Joe on the phone, the Joe that you called last week, I believe, and the week Joe, are you there? Uh, hello, Daddy. God hello, bless you and yours. Like I said, um, the Daddy, this is without a your voice. This is a question for you and for your legal eagle. American okay. veteran in the two and a half years renting, he paid up, and he's paid up as of January 1st. A lot of the other tenants have used drugs. They flushed the garbage down the drain. It caused a backup on June 7th. Raw sewage. Throughout the apartment, he was able to stop it. And since that time, he's been reporting it since the 7th to the chief of operations, the chief director, the property manager, the, everyone. And even ALS was there. And they haven't addressed it other than bringing a rotor type person to take pictures. Now, well, Joe, I'm they obligated to put him into, into another unit? They were supposed to do that on yesterday. He waited around all day. And this is a matter of his health and his life. Okay. So let me say I'm not the attorney, so I'll leave that to Stephen. But let me just say this. The courts have been closed. Uh, They're just reopening if they are even reopened. So if he doesn't work something out with them and he had to go after them, it would take months. Right, Stephen? Um, I don't know what they're legally they're, you know, legally they're allowed to send, I think, anybody to fix it. But I don't know legally, Stephen, what's your take on that? Yeah, you're right about the courts. They have been closed. There's a backlog. They're talking about reopening. They're talking about delaying the reopening to potentially as late as after Labor Day. So that that's a whole issue for landlord-tenant. Um, that's and it's a big question mark. Um, so you have to figure it out in the interim. Um, the question is, and, and obviously it sounds like a, a terrible problem. There, ha- there's a standard call if it's warranty of habitability, you know, and, and it depends how bad it is. And I know it sounds bad, but there's sort of a little bit of a high threshold, and so it's tough to know without all the facts as right. to, you know, if, if did the landlord fix it? Because look, damage happens, repairs happen. If the landlord's fixing it. Then they did their job. If it's recurring, if it's something that is unlivable, truly unlivable, you know, then you have remedies like canceling your lease, which may not always be the best one because you still want a place to live. Um, so the best thing, I think, Dottie said, just given that it's a big fact question and given that the courts really aren't open to address this right now, the best thing is to keep on pressing them and um, and trying and to negotiate something with them. And document everything, document everything that happens. If, you know, you call, they, he called and they didn't respond for a week, and then when they did respond, blah, 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 blah. But truthfully, I would tell you right now, and I'm not an attorney, so I'm not giving you legal advice that comes from Stephen, but just from a practical standpoint of view, you'll be online with a million people. The courts have been closed for months. So it's not going to get resolved quickly. And if you can work that out amicably, you know, I just, just stay on it and document and keep us posted because it wouldn't be Saturday without you, Joe. And so keep us posted on what happens. Um, but every and everything's a little delayed now. So good luck to your friend and keep us posted. And with that, thank you, Joe, and be safe. 
Um, with that, Alfred. Hi, Dottie. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm as good as I can be under these circumstances because it's still a little, it's unreal and real. And yesterday, you know, people are really going crazy. One of my friends, I, I took a trip maybe five or six years ago with a bunch of girls to Cuba. And so we've all kept in touch. We all live all over the country. And so, but we've kept in touch. We have a thing with the Cuba girls. And one of the girls wrote to me, like she wrote to our group, don't be afraid. It's the age of Aquarius. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the weak will not make it, but the strong will be protected. And we'll, so since she wrote something like, but we will all see each other on the other side. And I thought, well, is this a suicide note? So she said, of course not. Okay, so maybe she'll be right. Maybe it'll be like, was that hair? It's the age of a quit. Was that hair? Yeah, I think it was. Yes, yes. And by the way, hair, I have a good friend. I think that was the 70s. Yes, I have a good friend. Her name is Wendy Fetterman, and she has produced some of the biggest Broadway plays. And I had dinner with her maybe two weeks ago, and... She was telling me that their hair is coming out, but because Broadway's closed, that obviously they can't. The play would be out in September, but but they're being very safe. So even though the city reopens and eventually they'll be allowed to reopen, they probably won't open for like at least nine months to a year because they don't want to take the chance of anybody getting the virus because. If somebody gets the virus and says, oh, I went to a play and that's how it happened, even though I don't know if anybody really knows that they, you know, that it would hurt their industry further. So, uh, but that play is going to come out sooner or later, and I'm going to be one of the first ones to go see that. So, Alfred. Yes. You, I don't want to say, you know, because you're like a handsome, young, vibrant person. So if I said you were in the business as long as you've been, they would probably have a different image of you. But Alfred is one of <laughs> So Alfred is one of uh, he, you have well he's been in New York City real estate forever and he you know he's on our five seventy five he's a VP there uh, Madison Avenue so how was it how I mean we finally reopened because we were not considered a uh, an essential business in real estate and therefore we were forced to which was smart to work virtually and this phase two we were allowed real estates are allowed to open. But a little differently, uh, maybe you could give us some of the differences, like with appointments and things of that nature. And what is your read on it, uh, on, on what you're seeing? Well, yeah. So on Monday was the commencement of Phase 2, and real estate agents are part of Phase 2, which means that our agents can show real estate. And that's a wonderful thing because that's really what we need for our business for agents to show. But in Manhattan, we have a vertical lifestyle, and we all live in either a rental or co-op or condominiums. And it's not so fast to be able to show in these buildings. Um, just because we opened up and agents can show doesn't mean buildings allow you in. So, for example, the building that I live in is a condominium. We are not yet allowing real estate agents to show in the building. No guests in any common areas. Um, and that's probably the vast majority of the buildings right now. Now, for those buildings that are allowing showings, we already we are already seeing contracts out on units that were correctly priced. We have highly motivated sellers who have been waiting patiently to uh, start negotiating and have their property shown. And of course, we have highly highly motivated agents 
to show these properties. But it's a transitional period, so we have to move. We can only move as quickly as building blood is in. Alfred, hold that thought. We have a break coming up, and then we'll. I want you to continue, continue talking about that uh, because it is so important to be careful, and we certainly are advising everyone to be careful. And in the city, it's up to the building whether someone comes. So we'll be right yeah. back. We'll talk to Alfred Renner, and then we'll talk about his book, which was great. I read it uh, as soon as our break is over. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with attorney Julie Menon, director of the Census for New York City, about the importance of being counted. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Need a will, trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you and me plan their estates and protect their families for 40 years. Talk with Mike Connors in a free, comprehensive telephone conversation consultation to see how he can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. Have all your questions answered from the security of your home during these difficult times. The biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Now is not the time to put it off. Call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free telephone consultation with Mike Connors himself. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or visit connorsandsullivan.com. Trial lawyers are in the business of persuasion. They defend us and they defend our rights when we've been wronged. So why don't they persuade the public of their value when politicians trash them in the press? This week on Champions of Justice, Tom Girardi and David Lira put the question to the president of the International Academy of Trial Lawyers, Chris Searcy, and you'll get a new appreciation for these barristers of freedom. Join us. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you digital audio mobile even audience engaging contests and promotions contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com connecting you with new customers It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And I'm with Alfred Renner, 
senior vice president at Douglas Elliman Real Estate and is based out of Manhattan. So we were just talking about what's going on since we opened Manhattan on Monday. And basically you were saying, of course, the buildings are not letting people in. And, Alfred, you you heard that New York, which was had the, the biggest amount of cases, but we, we were like, really, it was horrible. We have, I think, the least amount of cases. So, you know, in many ways, even though it's really a good thing that everyone is pretty careful in the city and the buildings really don't allow anybody, like, really in any common area, but at the same token, it, it, it it's tough on real estate agents. There's a pent-up demand for buyers and sellers. So what do you, how long do you think this is going to be? Do you think till the end of the summer? What do you? What is your thoughts? What is your feel for what's going on? I, I think, Dottie, everybody is watching the numbers uh, closely. And as we learn about how other cities around the country um, are spiking, I think we all have a big concern as to whether or not New York City will spike. And given that we had the largest uh, number of cases in the country, uh, there's a bit of a fear that, that the spike will come back here. I also just wanted to point out that in New York City, we're made up of multiple boroughs, and the, the uh, majority of the cases were actually in Brooklyn and Queens, um, with Manhattan having about half of what either Brooklyn or Queens had in terms of cases, um, which is kind of interesting as well. It is because I think when people hear New York City, they just think of, Basically, they don't think of Queens and Brooklyn as part of that, even though it is. And obviously there are, I mean, I think they were talking about it yesterday on the news, like if you take the state of Florida, which I just, like I, I saw breaking news just right now that said it surged with 9,000 new cases in one day yesterday. But the state of Florida is a big state, so it might be concentrated in certain areas. So to your point... New York City certainly had its share, but, you know, what would you call it? The Manhattan proper, um, it's a little misleading because it really wasn't just there. It was in the outer boroughs, too, correct? Yes, yes. So it was mostly in Queens and um, Brooklyn, and, and the theory is that many of the people that work in Manhattan live in some of the outer boroughs, so perhaps it was from the commuting that where people were able to um, catch the virus, you know, yeah, a lot you know, of the Alfred, I was sharing in the beginning of the show that we all lived through 9-11 and how that affected real estate. And actually that's the year that I borrowed the money with Howard Lorber to get the company, to buy the company. And we were, we had 9-11 and then we were under orange alert, red alert. And everyone said that's the end of downtown that's the end of real estate nobody will buy on a high floor okay and obviously now the higher the floor the more the money what you know not that anyone has a crystal ball but being in the business and having a good feel for the business uh so long and living in manhattan what is you know what is your long term because if you're doing a short-term flip thing not happening and that's really not a healthy way to do things anyway. What is your long-term feeling on what you see uh, with the city and how long it takes to come back? Because I don't think anybody who's rational thinks you can just turn on a key and everything goes away. 
No, I mean, we're we're still in the midst of this, so um, we don't know how long this is going to go on. I do feel that once there is a vaccine available, then that is going to change the way people perceive interacting with other people within urban environments. Um, so I think that that's going to be a big play on this. But until that vaccine comes out, it's going to also give people the opportunity to start thinking very differently on how they want to live their lives and where they want to work or how they want to work. And what's very interesting is um, as we entered into phase two, um, offices opened up. And um, our office on the fifth and sixth floor, houses. How many people, let's I, I estimate. When I say the, there's a, how many people about on the fifth and sixth floor together? Just one of our offices is a lot. If, I every, if everybody was in, probably about 600 people. Yeah, so that's just to least. give you an idea. Not more, 700 people for in yeah. for those few floors. And um, I was in this week, uh, and I would say at any given time there were no more than two agents in the office. And, and that was just for five minutes to come in, pick something up and leave. So, you know, here we have our own real estate agents who are not ready to come back and be in the office. Um, and that's because also our staff is working remotely. Right. right. Well, really real estate agents. I mean, I said in the beginning of the show, I mean, you can work remotely. Uh, obviously, we all want to connect with people, and it's great to go to the office, especially that office. I mean, you know, there's good energy and, you know, to to really get energy from other people. But I, I think and I know that Douglas Elliman and you guys were encouraging people not to show um, unless something was vacant, uh, which, you know, and even if you wanted to, you couldn't. So well, now do you think it's a good opportunity, call. though, for people who have some cash on their hands for them to, like, what do you see? Because I've had so many calls. Donnie, if you know a building, if you know something that's a great deal. And I said, believe it or not, there might be less transactions because we were, like, shut down. But I don't see people giving anything away at the moment. Well, we, during the, the last three months, we were maintaining about 30% of the transactions that we've done from about a year ago. So we, we were still selling real estate and signing contracts. Now, the vast majority of those contracts that were signed were from on properties that people saw prior to going into the COVID back in the middle of March. Um, but we still negotiated and signed contracts. Now that we're reopened, um, there's new properties coming back on the market, and agents are starting to show where the buildings will allow. And, and as we move forward, more and more buildings are going to opening up. Um, in terms of giveaways, you know, I got to tell you, the sellers are pretty tough, Dottie. Um, you know, reflecting yeah. back on Joe's question, we've got a lot of sellers who are not budging on price. Uh, maybe 15% of the sellers are offering an incentive to close quickly to a buyer, um, but not much more than that. Otherwise, sellers are sitting pretty tight on their price with not much negotiation or renegotiation, I should say. Yeah, well, you know, that's what I'm sensing also. Uh, so, but I do think that, you know, assuming that it's like a 10% or something like that, that you would probably get a, a little bit of a better deal now, I would think. But long term, because coupled with this virus, it seems like everything that's horrible is starting to happen. You know, then we had, uh, you know, we had, you know, 
some riots and some looting, and I guess I, I heard that there was somebody that got killed, like maybe in Chelsea. And the news focuses on everything negative. And living in New York City, I can tell you, I never really was afraid of any. The city was really, you know, people got nervous, but it's really a very friendly city and safe. But do you think all this negative, 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 do you think that affects long-term? Somebody asked me a question said, well, Dottie, you know, you read about the suburbs. What about even further out? I don't know what you call that when you're further out from the suburbs, like a farm. Do you think, do you see that trend or do you, you know, do you think, the people that I know that live in the city are not planning to move out. But as in 9-11, we saw a lot of young families with young kids because, it was kind of tough being in the apartment. What is your long-term, not even about real estate, because as I tell everybody, New York has been through enough in its life. We've always come back. But real estate is real estate, and people have to live somewhere. So it's not a product that will go out of business or that people won't want anymore. But what do you see long-term about New York City itself? You know, I... I think long-term, the city is going to be better than ever, to be honest with you. I think what we've learned is um, people have an appreciation for others, the culture, the environment, the architecture, the arts in the city. Um, I think people want to live their lives more fully. And in a city like New York, there's such a concentration of offerings. That's one of the places where you can live a very, very full life. So we're going to get past all of this, you know. Um, we're just in a transitional period. But long term, I think with every year buying today at market or good deal, whatever you perceive it as, is going to be fine because I think people are going to want to re- – or people will be returning. I mean, given all the things that you just stated, all the negative things that are happening right now, we're signing contracts. So people are not scared away. Some people are on pause and will come back in the fall or maybe – um, the beginning of the new year. Um, but I think long-term, we're fine. Yeah, and what I'm saying also, and you you know, you've, you have a second home also, but I was saying that people took, there was a lot of rentals, like people that felt, okay, let me just get out of the city until this thing kind of passes or calms down a bit. But it was, you know, but a lot of them, and there wasn't a lot, and then, of course, as Alfred said, you can't show anything and the buildings won't let you show so there's a uh, shortage. There's not a lot of inventory on the market. So I think over the long term, um, and that's what you should be buying for over the long term. Um, yes. And I think that in now, you know, it's summer and people went away. Um, they rented places. So I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, and this is just an opinion, I don't think anyone knows 100%. And But I think kind of after Labor Day, it will start to come back, really. Yes, well, you know, it's busy right now. So yeah. as much as we can get people in, we're signing contracts. Right. And Alfred, after the break, I want to talk a little about your book. It's you may. Do you have a little yeah. time? Okay, so we're going to be right back. And Alfred has a great book about real estate. And uh, uh, we'll talk about it when we get back. You have to read it. It's a great read. Uh, you're listening to Iron Real Estate. We'll be back right after our quick commercial break. Relief Factor, effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. 
I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks, and my pain was gone, and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. The people in this movie share three things in common. They're courageous, they've had a life-changing experience, and they're black American conservatives. These are the voices of the movie, Uncle Tom. I don't remember the actual day, but I remember the emotion that I felt when it, when it happened. I'm often asked, was there an epiphany? I started asking questions. As I became more politically aware. A lot of the way that I saw things began to change. All of this information I've been taking in for several years. A continuation of these kind of contradictions. I had bought into all of these lies. You begin to see what the real agenda is. This is the movie the leftist Democrats do not want you to see. These are the people they do not want you to hear. Their stories will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. Their courage will challenge you. Go to UncleTom.com. Buy it now on pay-per-view. UncleTom.com. Do you have the courage to discover the truth? This is Sebastian Gorka. If you are like me, you are sick of the stay-at-home orders that have restricted our movement, restricted our employment, and forced us to stay cooped up at home. I have a suggestion. Sign up now for a trip of a lifetime. It's not until December, so by then things will likely be back to normal. I am taking as many listeners as I can on the Stand with Israel trip and have my friend and entrepreneur Mike Lindell of My Pillow coming with us. And I know what will happen as soon as you sign up. You'll have something really special to look forward to. What better way to celebrate the lifting of these restrictions than to get out and see the Holy Land with me and Mike Lindell. If something happens and you can't go, there's still plenty of time for you to cancel, but you won't want to. That's right. Between now and August 14th, there's no penalty if you sign up and need to cancel. Reserve your spot today for Stand with Israel with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back with Alfred Renner, Vice President in Manhattan of Douglas Elements. And besides being an expert in real estate, and you wrote a book with your sisters, I believe, correct? Yes, with my sister Joanne Douglas. Right. We wrote, we wrote um, you know, we wrote this book a few years ago, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So I'm, we're in a real estate family, and I am one of four siblings, and we all have our real estate license. We all buy and sell real estate. We fix up real estate. We build. We renovate. Um, and it started when we were kids. Our parents built a house in Sag Harbor, and we would go visit on the weekends and watch the house being, you know, being erected. Um, and once we moved in, we started building tree forts. 
so I think that's how our love affair of real estate started. And um, we're all in brokerage. So Joanne and I decided to write a book about our personal lives and real estate since we're kids and the fun that we had in real estate and our professional lives in brokerage. So the two, the two paths sort of paralleled each other. And um, buying and selling real estate in Manhattan is especially a lot of fun because of the boards and the application process and the experiences that boards have and how you interview dogs and cats. Um, you know, if you're not familiar with the process, Dottie, it, it's a very um, – uh, comical. Oh, well, it could be very comical. <laughs> not only that, you know, and I'm sure Stephen, you would attest to this. When I'm out of town and I'm meeting with other uh, real estate companies that are outside of New York or in other states, and you try to tell them about a board, and you try to tell them that the board is interviewing the dog, and they're saying, "I'm just so sorry, but we can't accept you because." Your dog just doesn't fit in with the other dogs. They think that they, they think I went insane. So, it's, so you you know, and you want to give everyone the name of your book and where you can get it, and and and, and tell them a little more about it because it's great. It's a great book and it's fun too. Sure. The the title of the book is Negotiating New York: Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Real Estate. The forward is written by Barbara Corcoran, which is a lot of fun to read in of itself. Um, I used to work for Barbara many years ago, and you know her also as another real estate person. Um, and it's on Amazon, so it's very easily uh, picked up on Amazon, and it's uh, distributed by Simon & Schuster. So we have a great publishing house behind us. Yeah, it's it's a great, it's a really great book, and I'm sure everybody has a little time. And like I was saying in the beginning of the show, and Stephen, I love your comments too, but you know, I try not to, to, to talk about this virus every single minute because you don't want to, because you just got to get away from it. And it's hard with the media. Like, you've got to turn off the news sometimes and just like it, okay? But sometimes, you know, so this is a perfect way to really and really understand the city, and it's really different than real estate any place else. So that's why when I see all these companies that, like, you know, they really have people that work all over the country, and they don't really know Manhattan. You, there is no place like Manhattan, and it, and it is hard to navigate because when you tell people those kind of stories, and some of them are humorous, do you have any stories that are particularly funny or things? Because Alfred, Alfred and I attended a wedding in actually uh, Italy okay, with one of our, our past marketing directors, and your sister, doesn't she even buy real estate in Italy, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I, I do have a, I, like I said, I'm, I'm one of four siblings. So my sister, Rosemary, um, bought half a villa or a couple of floors of a villa in, um, in Sicily on the water. And she went through a three-year period of uh, gutting, renovating, and building out the properties. And she uses one for herself, got stunning views of the water. And the other one she rents out, like on Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. So this really is a real estate family and a great family. I mean, just a great family, inside out. And so, if you have any questions, I know it's Fourth of July week, but you know, you can send them to us, and we'll make sure Alfred gets them. And don't forget, you can pick up this book and Amazon. Um, and yeah, it's really, a it's a fun, it's a fun read, Dottie, for anyone that wants to read, I read it. A close family. Um, and experiences, or even if you're just interested in real estate itself, especially in New York, 
there's a lot of stories about how to negotiate, um, positioning yourself. So there's, there's uh, educational aspects to it, I would say, as well. Um, yeah. But it's, and- it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a great read, but you but while you're reading, you still learn a lot. And Stephen, was it last week that we were talking about negotiating and things of that nature, which can make or break things? I mean, everything in life is some kind of a negotiation. Absolutely, Alfred. First of all, thanks for coming out today, and you know, just negotiating and it's, you know, constantly talking about having the right kind of insights, seeing with moves you know, the parties and being able to have the right team. Like, perfect example with, like, interviewing the dog, you know, that's where if if you're a buyer, you know, and and you're in a bidding war with another buyer, having a lawyer and an agent realize, hey, this is something that makes a difference in a building and how to position your application um, to make it work out, you know, is critical. But also in the contract negotiation of having them pick you as a buyer because they don't want their deal to have a problem. So, yeah, makes right, a big difference. Stephen, Alfred, Stephen was telling us in the beginning of the show that uh, there, some of the deals he had this week, that uh, there, were, there were bidding wars. Yes. And, you know, and it's a, it's a good question whether or not the agent priced the property with the intent as a bidding war or it was just priced so correctly um, that, you know, there's multiple buyers for it. But there's nothing more fun than a bidding war. Yes, and that's the the subject that one day you'll come back on and talk about pricing because, you know, when you price it right, you know, you sometimes create better, you sometimes create such a competitive environment that you end up getting more money. But truthfully, the stories about, and I think on a light note, you know, the stories about New York City and the the boards and how crazy they were and... uh, are kind of amazing. I mean, they're, they're, and they're fun. And only in New York City would you see them because no place else, you know, has boards. And when I tell people out of the, you know, out of the state that work, you know, in real estate in other states, they actually kind of think I'm, you know, making it up. That it, but it's really a riot in some cases. No, I mean, you know, Dottie, one of the things people that have a dog, they have to bring the dog to the interview. So they will run well, the dog around the block. Would you tell everybody about that quick? Yeah, they have to bring them to the interview. What and they'll they run the dog door? around the block so the dog is passive when they bring them to the interview. <laughs> yes, we 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 had a um, we had a woman on our show last year, if I'm not mistaken, that you know, if you want your dog to pass the interview, you can contact her, and I, I'll have to get her name and number. I forgot it. And she gives obedience whisperer. lessons. What? <laughs> the dog whisperer. Is that it? Because it was it was really it was it was really funny that the boards have really that kind of power, and people think, you know, are you kidding me? They think it's, but it's almost humorous. And I wanted to. You know, I, and I can't find it, so I'll have to save it to next week. But I, but I wanted to uh, tell a cute story that has nothing to do with real estate, but I just thought it was a great story and we need a little uh, light stuff. And there was like a, kid, a, a five-year-old, I think it was a Maserati or something, but they saw this Maserati or a Ferrari, maybe it was a Ferrari, going down, driving, but it was driving like in and out of, you know, it, it was like not driving straight. So they, the police uh, stopped the car, 
and it was a five-year-old. <laughs> and they said, how did you learn how to drive? He said, well, I know how to drive. And they said, well, why, do you, why, why did you take the car? And he said, uh, because I told my mother I wanted uh, a Maserati, and she said I couldn't have one. So I just decided, too bad, I'm taking it. And I will find the exact, I, I, I found it somewhere, and I said, oh, my God. It was a five-year-old, but I guess he learned early. <laughs> I mean, I guess he learned early. I don't know where he learned how to drive, but I guess he, he learned early about the minor things in life. Uh, but listen, I, 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 you know, do you have any Stephen, Alfred, Tom, any any words of wisdom for everybody, uh, or 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 tips or things? But I think that we would dedicate some of the shows. I think I said it last week. I'm really negotiating. Because in everything you do in life, everything is a negotiation, and the object, the object of a negotiation, is everybody feels like they want. And we really don't have time to go into it today because we're getting to the close of the show. But so many people have asked me, and Steve, we were supposed to get to that today, and we just didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What happens and now? What happens? I, I'm trying to renegotiate my landlord on a rental. We're not having any success. It, the deal would fell apart. He said, you know, so I have to look for another apartment. Um, the governor had the non-eviction laws, uh, what, August, where you can't evict anyone. And ha, ha, will I get evicted? I'm not, gonna, I'm not signing a new lease at this price. And I have a lot of personal people that call me. We talked about it yesterday with Stephen, and I think, Alfred, we also talked about the holdover tenants that will not get out in some of these vacation yeah. properties. So I kind of want to talk about, I, we won't have time to get to it today, but I kind of would like to talk about what legally happens. And, you know, do you get evicted in a month? Uh, because this is New York. It's not like California. I believe California, the eviction process is a lot longer. Well, well Dad, I just want to say one thing so I don't have time to get into today. Of, of landlords lining up to go after everyone that didn't pay the rent? I think the most important thing, and this is addressed with, whether it's a lease or whether it's a purchase, you can't be afraid to lose a deal because there's always another thing out there. The other right. side thinks you're willing to sign for no matter what, that's when you really have a problem. Right. So we'll continue to talk about that on that the whole eviction process and what you should do if you're being threatened with that. Um, and Alfred, I want to thank you. Please, we'll come back and let's talk about yeah. you. get Alfred's book. We'll talk about your book again and some of the experiences as we get further into this market because we're open. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.